staying with difficult conversations, it's that time of the year people are depressed. It's been a difficult year, extremely difficult year. And you listen to the radio and you hear what's coming up next year, people are even more depressed. What happens if they reach out on social media? And you've seen those posts every now and again where somebody says, I don't want to live here anymore. I've had enough. I can't take it. What do you do and what do you not do when you see a suicide note or a suicide suggestion on social media. Daniel von Hollander is a clinical psychologist. Daniel, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, what, would a, what would a suicide note or a, or a suicide warning look or sound like on social media? Uh, well, first of all, thank you for having me on the show and a good morning to you too. Um, yeah, I mean, a suicide note would, or a suicidal response would be somewhere where somebody feels as if all their avenues have been exhausted and are looking to um, end their life. Um, and in regards with that, um, we would say something along the lines of helplessness, hopelessness, um, a sense of um, disconnection from, from the people around them. Um, those, would, those would often be what we would identify as being a suicidal ideation, a suicidal response. All right. And, and people are doing this. Are people putting those things up on on Facebook and X and other places? Well, I mean, um, the research has shown that that, that is the case. Um, but I'm sure also that your viewers, unfortunately, will have increasing, or sorry, your listeners um, will have an increasing amounts of people um, or, or amounts of experiences of, of reading distressing messages um, on social media. Okay, before we say what we should do, what are the things that we should not do when we see that? See, I think one of the difficulties is a lot of us seem to have lost the very sort of basic humanitarian abilities of, of compassion and of care. Um, unfortunately, we're living in a, in, in, a, in a society and in a community and in a world where um, we've lost the ability to be able to be compassionate as a default and to care and, and, and rather insist that we know how to do things. And, and so what we do often is we become prescriptive. We try and explain um, from our own understanding rather than to be curious and to listen. Mm. And that for, that forms a huge disconnect um, amongst uh, between people. Um, you know, the, the moment that somebody starts to think for you instead of listening to you, um, and that's often where prejudice comes in. That's often where stigmatization comes in. Is when we start to um, see our own thoughts and our own understandings of things as more important than listening to somebody and what they're trying to say. Okay. And so it furthered the disconnect um, that's often a, a big comp, um, factor in regards to a suicidal response. I'm just trying to think of, of, of a bad response. Somebody says, I'm having such a difficult time. You could reply back by saying, oh, but you've got such a lovely husband and your kids are fantastic. Uh, you, you, exactly. That, that's, that's my perspective of their life. Yeah, and in that response, um, what you're basically saying to them is, um, you're not allowed to feel upset. You're not allowed to feel helpless and hopeless. Um, and so you're immediately invalidating their experience. Uh, and and that's usually because you are so uncomfortable with their response that you're dealing with your discomfort rather than listening to somebody who's at a very difficult stage in their life. Mm. And that's that's an incredibly selfish thing to do. 
Um, but I mean, we know that stigmatization and prejudice is extremely selfish ways of, of or self-centered ways of engaging with the world. I guess emojis don't work at all. I think we have emojis because we sometimes are a bit lazy in regards to being able to connect or maybe not able to connect um, ourselves. Um, that's where the disconnect comes in. Mm. Okay, let's talk about things to do. Um, as you as you say, in, instead of replying on social media, I guess pick up the phone or, or go knock on the door. Yeah, look, I think there's something to be understood around suicidal response. So I gave you sort of the, the standards, um, what would a suicidal response look like? But I think it's also sometimes when something is misunderstood, then we don't know how to deal with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and often with compassion and empathy, that the, the root of empathy is understanding. So to understand a suicidal response is to understand that that individual over there is in desperate need for a change. Something needs to change within their lives, but they have lost the ability to be able to see how to make that change in a healthy way. And so in that, in that, um, in that route is, is, is the disconnection, the disconnection from my own power, the disconnection of, of, of my own ability to see my disconnection from the people around me. And so anything that brings connection, meaningful connection is important. Um, and, and, and it's also very important to see that when somebody reaches out on social media, that that what they're doing is already a step into healing because it's mm-hmm. asking for connection. It's asking somebody see me, somebody understand what I'm going through. I'm, I'm not being heard. I'm not being seen. Um, and, and so then the only real way of being able to contribute is to bring that person to connection, either through yourself listening and, and taking in and, and, and validating the responses that are behind that. I'm not talking about the suicidal response, but I'm talking about mm. the hurts, mm. the overwhelmedness, the helplessness and the hopelessness. I think as South Africans, we are all in some way aware of how to deal with those or have experienced those emotions, maybe not so good at dealing with those emotions, seeing um, that we don't have enough mental health services within our country. Um, but in the, that's where the hope comes in. Um, and and it's, it's, it's that ability of being able to connect with a person who has completely and utterly disconnected mm. that brings in the healing. Is it good enough just to reply to that message, to say, I'm, I'm here for you, or I care about you, I want to help you, or is that personal touch so much better? I think it's dangerous to do it on the social media platform. Um, it's not a safe space. You're open to, to all sorts of trolls and, 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 uh, yeah. um, and, and, and misinformation or, or misinterpretation of information. Um, you know, you don't hear tone on, on messages and, and so forth. So it's, it, and it also serves a bit of a selfish need, you know, why, why are you typing that out there for the world to see? Right. It's much more um, safe to be able to do it in, um, in person or, or, you know, in, uh, in, in, in direct message or PM, a private message, uh, to have that conversation if you can't get to the person um, themselves. But it needs to be a safe space. Um, it needs to be um, a connection, um, but it's always good to connect. But I mean, it, isn't it also an absurd situation that in 2023, 
um, you know, we have to almost be taught how to connect <laughs> with each other. Yeah. There's, there's something there that needs a lot of work um, that we, we, we've almost forgotten that ability of being able to be compassionate and, and hence why we find a, that, that disconnection even to this extreme state of, of disconnection um, as, as, as suicidality is, um, comes on to the rise. Now, so you've reached out to somebody now. You've seen something. You've picked up the phone and you say, "How's it? Um, you know, are, are you okay, friend? Is that a good way to get the conversation started?" I think so. I think I think more, more important because you know the, the the scripting can can be also a bit inauthentic. Yes. Is be yourself. The authenticity is important. Right. If if you if if you're reaching out, reach out from a place of love. Reach out from a place of compassion. From a place of care. Um, and I think, you know, you, you don't have to do anything special past being compassionate in that engagement. And authenticity is very important. You know, you, you've got to want to, to to reach out to that person from a place of compassion. And mm. um, the next one is to realize that you're, you, you're not the, uh, the only one reaching out to that person. There's, there's many different ways in which that person can seek help and attention. Um, also know your limitations, you know. Um, just as much as giving Panado to a kid doesn't make you a doctor, um, also in that same way, giving advice um, or, or um, thinking of positive thinking doesn't make you a therapist. Yeah. Um, and as a result, it's very important for them to get to the, the professional help necessary in order to help because there's long-term changes that needs to happen for that person, perspective changes that needs to happen for that person. And, and you won't get there without the right professional help and care. Um, and um, it, sometimes it does require you to, you know, um, if, if that person is, is ready to get that help, is to, to help them to get to hospital and, and to get to the professionals necessary in order to get there. Um, that there's brilliant organizations like SADAC um, and, and, and there's many um, hotlines that work really well in regards to helping with getting that person to the professional care that's needed. But then it's also be careful not to just make it a flash pan um, connection. Um, if, if, if you really are caring for this person, realize that um, people are long, uh, crises are longer than just one evening or one day. It's, 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 the, it's the continuous support and love for each other um, that gets us through. Um, but also in some senses to get hold of the family but also be careful a bit about that because the family might be part of yeah. the instigation and the triggers. So, you know, then again, don't think for the person, don't phone the family immediately, check with them first um, because you don't know, um, you know, the, often the nicest looking people on the outside can be quite toxic and dangerous um, behind closed doors. So always check with the person first um, and, and don't think for people Again, be compassionate, be authentic, um, and 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 listen and and help where you can. I'm going to give out that SADAC suicide crisis helpline number in a moment. Daniel Dan Hollander, thank you very much for those tips and advice. Clinical psychologist Daniel Dan Hollander, if you uh, don't have the numbers and you want to for yourself maybe or just put it on the fridge, the SADAC suicide crisis helpline, oh eight hundred five six seven five six seven. It's that easy.